You're listening to the Brave Spaces podcast, a podcast that liberates shame and transcends fear through heart-centered connection and radical truth-telling. This is your host, Tyler Rowling. I believe that freedom is found when we lean into our vulnerability and explore the edges of discomfort so that we can grow and transform into the person we were meant to be. Join me as I interview friends, thought leaders, and multi-passionate visionaries on how they uncovered their truth and chose bravery over perfection. Let's get started. Welcome to episode seven of Brave Spaces. I am overflowing with joy and expansion right now. My heart is just oozing with love and gratitude for this epic journey called life. I just got back from a sweat lodge experience where I sat with 10 other brave souls in a pitch black tent in the smoldering heat for two hours. If you've ever been to a sweat lodge, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, just to paint a picture... Imagine a tent-like structure on the bare earth covered in dark cloth to block out the light from coming inside, and in the center is a space where hot coals and rocks that have been simmering in the fire for hours are placed. And in the center, there's water that's poured on top of these smoldering hot rocks to create steam. I sat there in the pitch black amidst the heat with a bundle of fresh picked sage, inhaling the aroma, (sighs) helped me remember to breathe, kept me connected to Mother Earth. The steam gets so intense that it can be hard to inhale and fear begins to pulse through your body so your breath naturally constricts so the sage helps you to remember to take deep breaths and, and stay connected and grounded to the earth. The monk who was guiding the experience began to call in the four directions, starting with the south, calling on the energy of the serpent, which represents rebirth and shedding our skin to be born again, letting go of what's no longer serving us. And as she threw water on the hot coals, I felt my entire body fill with excitement and fear that both of them were coexisting. And a part of me was like, Ty, get the hell out of here. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in dark places, this is pitch black. You literally cannot see a thing. There's steam filling the entire room as she's pouring this water on these hot coals, these hot rocks. And claustrophobia takes over. You can't see anything. You feel like you're stuck. So of course there's this feeling of wanting to run to want to get the heck out of there. But I knew it was just my mind trying to keep me safe. I was able to observe the fear, let it move through my body, feel my heart race, feel my breath constrict, remember to breathe. And as I did this, a wise voice came through that said, On the other side of this fear is your expansion. Walking with the fear is where the answers to your questions lie. That very thing you're afraid of is the very thing that will set you free. 
fear is our greatest teacher and biggest expander. As we went around the circle, we shared our prayers. The woman sitting to the right of me began to cry, saying, I think I need to go. I can't do this. I'm scared. And as I heard her tears, I began to cry because I felt that too. We could have easily let her out of the lodge as soon as she said, I need to leave, but we knew she came there for more, that it was just the beginning, that it was so human to feel what she was feeling. And it was amazing to see how the community in the lodge began to lift her up through this experience by saying, you've got this, you're safe, you are loved, breathe, we're here for you. And we began singing a song together. And by the end of it, she said in the pitch black, thank you, fear. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. And I belong here. (sighs) And everyone took a nice deep breath and I expressed gratitude to her. And I said, thank you, sister, for being the permission slip we all needed to feel to connect with that human part of us that wants to run in the face of fear, that it takes bravery to sit in the heat, in the darkness, and feel fear without running. By the end of the experience, I was playing music. My throat chakra was wide open. I was singing prayers like, you are the answers you seek. And singing Trevor Hall's lyrics, put down what you are carrying. Life is a potent portal of possibilities. If we just got out of our own way and tapped into our heart's desires. But in order to experience that, we have to walk with the fear. We have to walk with the fear. Mm. And that's what Brave Spaces is all about. If this podcast inspires you, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify podcast. Your input means the world and it's what keeps the spirit of brave spaces alive. Mm. I've got a super exciting announcement as far as things that are happening in the brave spaces world. As many of you know, Sober Sisters is a sobriety support group I started in March. And since then it has evolved and I am launching my first ever Sober Sisters community membership on June 5th. That will be our first meeting. This is a monthly membership, monthly membership for brave AF, alcohol free, that is, women that are ready to rise in sobriety and live a purpose-driven life, that quitting alcohol is just the beginning. It includes bi-weekly community calls to connect with community members and share your journey, monthly masterclasses with guest speakers. We've got speakers coming on to talk about cycle syncing, Ayurvedic medicine, feminine energetics, embodiment, There will also be weekly journal prompts and calls to action that take place within the Telegram chat. You'll also have accountability sister that can connect you, that you can connect with one-on-one to deepen that authentic connection, as well as opportunities to give back to community, such as 
Brave Spaces is going to start hosting sobriety challenges for sober curious sisters. So if you have 365 plus days sobriety, you'll be invited to serve as a mentor to those sober curious sisters that engage with the sobriety challenges through Brave Spaces. It's only $99 a month. You can cancel at any time. You are in the driver's seat. This is a female empowerment hub for brave AF women that want to surround themselves with people who are going to hold their human to a higher standard, that are going to hold them accountable so that they can rise in sobriety. This price is going to continue to rise as this program scales and grows. This is just the beginning for Sober Sisters, truly. So if you're ready to rise and expand in sobriety and achieve your heart-centered goals, get your booty in there. I don't know what you're waiting for. Click the link in the description of this episode to sign up. We are starting on June 5th. And speaking of having badass women in your corner. In this episode of the Brave Spaces podcast, I sit down with the amazing Lauren Guerreri, also known as the House of Lowe. Lowe is on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, walk in her purpose, and live life a abundantly. She is vulnerable and sharing her own transformational and spiritual journey and desires to lead by example in what it means to come home to yourself and become whole once again, living from your soul. She's here to create a life and a legacy of love. She embodies abundance consciousness and uses her voice to empower women to create their full and abundant life. Her last name literally means warrior. And she has always felt she was put here to be a warrior for women, to help us connect deeper with each other and see there's a bigger life waiting for us when we tune into the frequency of love. House of Low is here to speak, teach, create, empower, and embody moving through this world with unconditional self-love and love for others. Currently, Low is the host of the House of Low podcast, which is so good, by the way. She's also hosting her abundance activation events, and creating other unique abundance offerings to inspire and empower women on a daily basis using her voice. Woo! Ah, This episode is so juicy. This is for the people who are down to get deep, okay? We're not playing around in this episode. All cards are on the freaking table, Lo and I both share a lot of Scorpio placements in our chart, so naturally we're diving into the taboo topics of of death, rebirth, transformation, the shadowy waters of the human psyche, sex, body image, and so much more. So without further ado, let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Let the magic begin. I just got back from a sweat lodge. It was a very profound experience and just, I think it's honestly the best energy I could be in Yes, coming on to this. Yes. hundred percent. You got a lot out. 
a lot detoxed. <laughs> exactly. And the theme was around rebirth. And I know that so much of where you're at in your life is this theme of rebirth. I mean, you're having a rebirth party <laughs> yeah. on May 18th. Mm-hmm. May yeah. 18th. 2023. I keep saying the year because I'm like, people are like, I'm sorry, when, that's like next week. I'm like, I know. But rebirth, babe, we, we could talk about that for days and days and weeks and weeks, right? But yeah. I do, I don't know if you've been feeling this in your life and in your community, but this year has turned people's lives upside down. Many, many people in the spiritual space on the ascension path. And the best way I can describe navigating the shadowy aspects of the human experience is to know that a rebirth is on the other side. And I, I'm excited to explore what we mean by rebirth, right? A lot of a lot of people experience the death part, but they forget that what's coming on the other side of a death, an ego death, a dark night of the soul, an awakening is rebirth. So yeah. Yeah. That we have to you know, the only way out is through. And I'd love to hear more. I know that you're just like such a channel and I love tuning into your IG lives, even though I'm not always there when you're doing them live. I love going back and watching the replays. If you're on Instagram, if you're on the gram, go check out Lauren House of Low. She has so much amazing wisdom to share. And what you recently shared that really spoke to me was around this lunar Scorpio, full moon, lunar eclipse in Scorpio. <laughs> My moon is in Scorpio. I don't know. Woo! You have any Scorpio placements? Oh, you bet I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of course. Because you're talking about this oh, stuff. You get Scorpio. it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Whoever's with you is lucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make sure to tell my partner that. Oh, I, uh, I was like, it was definitely felt like a portal where a lot of things are surfacing. And yes. Yes. you brought up these themes of, of course, rebirth, because Scorpio represents, you know, death, rebirth, Phoenix rising from the ashes sort of energy. But something that you touched on was being able to stand for what you want. And I think that's how you worded it, or maybe you can mm -hmm. dive more into it, but it's like, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Let's do it. Well, first I have to say Scorpio energy scares a lot of people, but it is so necessary and so transformational. I mean, my Venus is in Scorpio, so I Me love too. the Scorpio way. Oh, <laughs> You and I are such mirrors, which is powerful. Like whoever listens to this podcast, I know is going to go, damn, I'm kind of turned on like energetically because <laughs> you and I both have those like raspy sexual voices. <laughs> which I, I, you know, growing up, I used to hate my voice because I felt like it was so deep and, you know, it's changing now, but in our culture, it was always so we're highly regarded as a woman to be delicate and mousy and, you know, very quiet. Yeah. And, and there's a, there, there's. And by the way, that those terms are not to offend anyone, but I will say that what it means to be a woman is far, far deeper than our culture can ever understand. It's so mm. spiritual. The, the, mm. the, the feminine experience is vast. And, you know, I just want to speak on that for a second, which is going to tie into what you asked about, because 
people are afraid of Scorpio energy and the fact that your moon is in Scorpio and your Venus, like I said, whoever loves you and is in love with you and gets to be loved by you is lucky AF. And then second, you know, Scorpio is about depth and our culture is so about with, 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 with no depth. I'm somebody that have, has always felt so isolated in our culture because I go so deep, deep. Okay. And I understand that not everyone has the capacity for that. Not everybody wants to go deep, but whoever I'm for, especially in love, but close soul family, um, collaborations in my business, like people have got to be down with the deep. I call it, you know, it's, it's like, because I would argue universally humans want to go deep, but they've been taught or indoctrinated to believe it's it's risky to go deep. So surface level width, width is easier than depth, right? Because depth requires us to go within. And this Scorpio eclipse, which was on May 5th, which is also on a sacred portal date of 5-5, five, 5 five is the energy of change, transformation, and freedom. So I wouldn't be surprised if people's lives changed overnight. And of course, any full moon or new moon and eclipse six months after is how the effects take place. So it's not always instant, but you know, with Scorpio specifically, and I think the energy this year so far, people have been, you know, tower moments, dark nights of the soul, relationships falling apart, careers changing, business health. I mean, we know all this stuff is just human stuff that's orchestrated by our higher self to get us on mission, on path. We're not, there's not some big God in the sky going, this one gets a chronic illness and this one gets a mm -hmm. breakup, this one gets a karmic and this one gets to have a business that fails and whatever. These are things that are orchestrated prior to incarnating. And when we're off mission, now people, I'll talk about mission in a second, but when we're off mission, eventually that catches up with us. And we don't feel that good inside. We can put on a great show for the world and we're comfortable. But that does not mean we're happy. Most people are very unhappy in a very comfortable life, right? Mm -hmm. You and I live unconventional lives. We've overcome a lot. There's more seasons of death and rebirth ahead, but you know, it's obviously very difficult to live the way we live. And I think it's getting easier and easier for people like you and me, because we're just down with being the weird ones, if you want to call it that, but really people mm -hmm. are awakening rapidly. Right. But what I was talking about in the video, and thank you so much for your attention and for watching those, you know, I do that so I can speak, I speak to think, and I do it to really see what wants to come through in the moment for people. Cause it feels yeah. like it's always organic, you know, but I want everybody to think about anyone who's listening right now. I want you to really think about what you desire. And, you know, Scorpio is so tied to the energy of desire. It's mm -hmm. my favorite. I mean, Love, abundance, and desire are basically my three favorite words in, in the language because desire is potent. You can want mm -hmm. something. Want is mm -hmm. basically lack because want, yeah. want says I don't have it, right? So I always mm. tell people when you're manifesting, make sure you're using desire or even like wish. Want is bad. It's Do not you a know great the word. meaning of the word desire, like how it breaks down? No, tell me. Yeah. So desire is desire, which, and I'm forgetting in which language, but it means of God. So, yes. Is it Latin? I think the, so. The origin? Yeah. 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 That's, um, I'm not surprised. And so wow, that's of God. So magical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's real. And, you know, you've been to a few of my events and, and we talk a lot about abundance consciousness, but really, you know, I think a lot of people are being faced with, oh, this XYZ thing in my life or person or business or way of living and being, I don't desire. And I never have, how did I get here? 
and then dark night of the soul or whatever, right? Tower moment. But really it, the tower falls because it's not in alignment. There's no, it's a shaky foundation. Mm-hmm. So what I was getting into was this, the energy of Scorpio, but in general, the energy year to date, we're in a highly spiritual year. We're in a seven year in numerology. Everyone's awakening in their own unique way and whatever's, you know, in their, in their path for this lifetime spiritually, but the planet is raising in consciousness, whether everyone's down with it or not, gets it or not. We're kind of not supposed to understand it logically. Like we're actually not supposed to. And so the more you can make, we can make peace with the energetics and the mystery of the human experience, the better. But during these intense moments in one's life, when things seem to fall apart, quote unquote, which a lot of people's lives have completely turned upside down this year. I've been talking to a lot of people. I'm sure you have too. You know, what the main question that you end up coming back to or having to look at is, what do I desire? Wait a minute. You know, and and, and I was, I've been getting a lot into, you know, of course, what our culture puts on a pedestal and then whatever, everybody just follows suit like we're robots, you know, mm-hmm. you know, where to have the house, when to get married, when to have kids, how many friends to have. That means you're not a loner, <laughs> you know, way your body should look. I mean, that's that's a lot of your work embodiment, you know, how everybody should approve of the way you live and talk and speak and think and all these things that if we don't feel full, which is, I think, a lot of what you teach about embodiment within we just, we, we end up consuming and seeking so much of these things we think we desire. And really they're actually just things on the outside of us that get a lot of clout in the culture. I call it social currency. And all of a sudden people find themselves in a mansion with a partner they're not in love with and a life they never thought they would be in and actually hate. Yet everyone around them says, good job. Mm-hmm. And that's when shit gets real. Mm-hmm. Mm. Down with the depth. We're here to get down with the depth. And I love it so much. And something that came up and circled today before we got into the sweat lodge, we went around sharing, you know, what was on our heart. And something that's been really present for me is discerning what is mm-hmm. mine and what's not mine. What what's something I truly want? What is my heart's desire? Is this a story that society told me? Yes, you should want the big house in the suburbs with the SUV and, you know, all the 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 story that society says. And I think for some people, maybe they are happy in that life, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I believe so, that too. But yes. I also agree with you that many people are just kind of adhering to the status quo without actually stopping to ask, wait, is this? what I truly desire. What is that I really want from life? And something that you shared in one of your posts that I really resonated with was this realization that sometimes what we think we wanted, it changes. At one point in our life, we think we want the Skyrise apartment, whatever it is. And then as we continue to walk this path of growth and evolution, we're like, wait a minute, actually, I just want a quiet place in the country without anything. And we get to, you know, give ourselves permission to allow that evolution. But if we keep grasping to what it is we think we want without actually pausing to ask, is this truly 
what I want? Is this coming from a place of sovereignty, a place of wholeness, or is it coming from a grasping sort of fear scarcity mindset? And easier said than done, but I do think that with practice and with doing the work, giving yourself permission to fall to your knees in a place of surrender, which I feel like those tower moments do, they're meant to bring us to our knees, that the foundation that was built upon was rocky to begin with. We were out of alignment to begin with. It's such a potent portal of possibilities. It's truly the void where all creation is possible, but entering it is scary. (laughs) A potent portal of possibilities. Can we just call that out that you just channeled? That's a powerful statement. A lot of people are so lost in the chaos of everyday life that they forget that we live in a world and we're plugged into the infinite where there is endless possibilities. Mm. And one can only experience so many of those possibilities in any given lifetime. But the truth is we don't really desire as much as we think we do. A lot of it does come back Mm. to simplicity, mainly what we desire in my professional opinion after years of trying to go after what I didn't desire and try to fit into the culture, which I just cannot. None of us are supposed to fit into these cultures. I realized that if I had to, like, I think equally, this is a bold statement, but I I believe every human, because every human is a soul. I believe every soul in in the human experience desires two things equally. Ready? Love and freedom. They're two, Mm. they're equal. Because love is freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Freedom is love. And I think that, as you know, I've been traveling for the last year almost 34, you know, did that starting at 33. It's not the sexiest thing to be like, I'm going to go travel at 33. Like you're in your prime childbearing years and blah, blah, blah. And where's your man and this and that. And, you know, I'm somebody like many people on the planet right now that I've had to make peace with how unconventional my life's going to go. The timeline is unconventional because it's supposed to be. It's supposed to seem almost unbelievable. I've realized this with my mission because how else can we have a testimony if it doesn't feel unbelievable? Mm. If we just fall in line with the current cultures, you know, we won't have a testimony. (laughs) It's just the same shit. And, Mm. you know, Humans love these underdog stories. They love these magical stories that we hear about. But when you're living one like I am, I'm telling you what, it requires the dark nights of the soul. It requires tower moments. It requires the letting go of who you thought you were to become who you actually are and who you're here to be mm-hmm. and to honor the levels of that and to mm-hmm. honor that we really don't have that much control and that it's kind of all an illusion and mm. both, I'm going to write a book one day called Both And to try to help humans make peace with the paradox of this existence because it is mm. both and. And that's a whole topic in and of itself. But, you know, for anyone who's listening who's thinking, okay, desire, I get it. Cool. That sounds sexy. And it is. For anyone, <laughs> how do I, even, where do I even start when it comes to like figuring out what I desire, especially if I'm really knee deep in a life that's, you know, there's a lot of hooks in me right now with this mm. life I have designed, whether it's the job, the business, the partnership, the friend group, the social groups. I mean, I'm right now, a lot of my soul fam and I have been talking about the level of social groups that we're in that can hold us back, like energetically, you know, mm. health habits, rituals, mm-hmm. routine, 
lack of spiritual connection with God, divine source, lack of spiritual connection with our soul and why we're all here. You know, if you find yourself in a life that you just, you know, it's not quite for you, but you feel very stuck and very trapped, you know, there's nothing worse than a human who feels trapped. That's when humans do terrible shit. Mm, Usually to other humans and to themselves. So I'm here to help people not do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I would where I would offer for you to start to, you know, dig deeper into what you really desire, you got to anchor into how you enjoy like the feelings. I just believe mm. that our whole existence is about how we desire to feel. Really, mm-hmm. if I, you know, I'm somebody who, right here on my on my desk, I have these markers. I have all these like colors, and I love. I love like writing and drawing and colors and visioning and like, what, what does, what, what do these colored markers make me feel? And if you start looking at your life this way, everything changes, everything changes. Let me just give this example. So these markers, first of all, color has frequency. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tyler knows that, you know, but more importantly, they anchor me into feeling creative, which is my natural state as it is for many, I mean, all humans, but women, especially the divine feminine. So if I say to myself, why do I want to buy these markers? Oh, because they're tools for my creativity, which make me feel more creative. Then all of a sudden my experience here as a soul in a human body is rich and sensual and magical. Mm. And when you think about how, when you're evaluating your life, and thinking and, and maybe looking at the different life areas, right? Health, partnership, business, career, you know, body, family, friends, social group, whatever. Anchor into how do these all currently make me feel? You start there, <laughs> you're going to open up a treasure trove of info that you maybe have not let yourself see until now. Yes. Yes, because perhaps you were just subscribing to the story and it was all in the mind. You weren't even connected to the feeling of how you felt in the experience, albeit with a partner, a job, where you live, your habits. I come from a lineage of addiction to alcohol and other substances. And I also just have a personality that some call it hedonistic, but it's really just wanting to drink in all of life and really enjoy it to the fullest. And sometimes, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) And so I would take it too far, take it too far. And it was a slippery slope for me. Alcohol was always a very slippery slope. And that was sort of my wake up call. That was a tower moment for me when I decided that I was going to quit alcohol It was a big move because it was requiring me to reevaluate my friend groups, my social settings, how I showed up in those social settings. It required me to feel things that I had been suppressing because of years of numbing through alcohol. It felt, yeah, it was a dark night of the soul when I entered it. I didn't talk about it much when I first started. I didn't, I mean, I mentioned it here and there, but I was still very much anchored into my identity with being a registered dietitian nutritionist and helping women with food and body image, which I still love to do that work. But now where spirit is calling me so strongly is through helping women in sobriety, which is what 
inspired me to create Sober Sisters, which is now just taking off and feels like it's just the beginning, you know, supporting women in their alcohol-free journey and sobriety. But when I cut out alcohol, it required me, like I said, to examine all these things. And I, I'm not saying you have to quit out alcohol in order to do that. I'm just saying that's the path that it was for me. And spirit made it very clear. They were like, girl, I better cut that shit out. Mm-hmm. And it was a whisper. And then it turned into this loud lioness roar. And I was like, okay, okay, like yep. we'll do it. And it's been the journey of a lifetime. Like I wouldn't have it any other way now that it's been almost two years and it feels like my life is just getting started in so many ways. And so I want to be really careful about how I proceed and how I continue to move forward because girl, I know you know this, the ego can be tricky. The old patterns get, you know, those hooks that you mentioned that kind of stick to you. There's some hooks that they're just like, they want to keep you where you're at. And I, what I'm finding a lot is in thought patterns actually, and Mm -hmm. how as humans, we can actually become addicted to thought patterns like negative thinking, for instance, I call it stinking thinking, but, and alcohol was just the beginning. Alcohol was just the surface, you know, but really when I dove deeper, it was like, oh, there's like some trauma that wants to be healed. There's some ways of thinking and relating that want to be totally transformed. And it's such a beautiful opportunity that we get to do this, you know, that it's actually a privilege to say, I want differently. And we can create those opportunities for ourselves. That's right. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that with me. Some of it, I do know already your story and it's very, I think you, I hope you never lose sight of how inspiring your story is and continues to be. Cause to your point, we're, we're continuing to write our story, you know, but Mm -hmm. there's, Things are changing on the planet with what makes someone credible and qualified to do embodiment, you know, work, for example, if you're an embodiment mentor or whatever. I don't love the word coach. I don't know why. I struggle with the mm-hmm. word coach, but that's a different topic. I think you're right. There's a lot like, of wounding in the coaching yeah, world. I feel like I love this word mentor because I want humans to find their own way and not put all their, like this guru culture is bad right. in spiritual no one's a guru no one has it figured out I can't explain that enough so be careful who you put on a pedestal and make a guru and I think Tyler and I are people that we never want you to make us a guru and that's why I'm so vulnerable with my story probably sometimes too vulnerable but what am I afraid of like yeah there's precious parts of life that we don't have to share with the world when we're in these public spaces and, and our public roles and our mission but at the same time, this shit's all temporary. I got to help people while I'm here and then I'm out of here, right? So it's like, and so many people have helped me through their vulnerability. So now the cycle comes to me, right? So people are very afraid to share this, the shadowy side of that we all have. And the Scorpio eclipse, that'll br- that's going to bring up all the shadow. Scorpio, well, a full moon in Scorpio plus an eclipse. I mean, it's going to bring up things that are, they say like deep secrets will come out and, mm. you know, sure it could come from other people around you, but mainly it's the stuff that we don't want to say out loud about ourselves or to your point, those, 
recurring thought patterns that we know are very detrimental that probably affect our day-to-day life 90% more than anything. You know, Mm. as you know, I have quite a journey with body, have not figured that out yet. Okay. Probably got to work with you. And, you know, I think that lately I actually did a healing session recently and my guides came through this amazing healer and said, stop trying to figure out the, how to lose the excess weight. Like I've lost a lot of weight. I've gained weight over and over again in my life. And they literally said, just make peace with this, with this part of your human experience and and that it's been hard and it's suffering. Like it's part of your Mm. suffering here. And when you do that, when I actually like alchemize that part, that's when new solutions might come in. Cause I think I've tried Mm. everything. Of course, many people do in this space. Uh, Nobody wants to carry excess weight, but also my soul chose a bigger body to be bigger because I'm supposed to have this testimony in a bigger body. You feel me? Mm. So Mm -hmm. Now bigger is, I mean, big is, is relative and, and there's a lot of spectrums of that. But like, I think that a lot of women specifically are just at massive war with their body. And it's not even just the physical body, of course, on the surface it is, but it's like, and I'd be curious, I feel called to open this part of the conversation up because this is, this is obviously your world and it's deeply triggering to me and deeply it's, it's probably, it has been the hardest part of my journey. It just has, mm-hmm. it's the source and it's in my, it's in my lineage in this ancestral line in this lifetime. So it's something I'm here to break mm-hmm. the cycle. In. So it's mm-hmm. not just my stuff, Amen. Right? Oh. Mm-hmm. No, it's real. It's real. Yeah. Cause I've, every healer's told me, this is not just, you know, the kids in school that made fun of you in third grade. Like this is like ancestral and it's, I'm here to break it. That's why I'm in a bigger body so. too, because they all were in bigger bodies. They made themselves frumpy and not sexually attractive because they were afraid to be. And plus our culture and men, you know, it wasn't always safe to be back in those days. Now mm-hmm. I'm here have a fully sexually embodied experience in a curvier body with a loud, low sexual voice pray for me. So, <laughs> no, it's like, it. I don't have that figured out, but it is an ongoing thing. And it's absolutely part of my authentic self. I'm extremely sexual, always have been. You know, I think that I said in an event last year, we need to end the war on our vessel. We need to end the mm-hmm. war we have with our vessel. And every single woman like clapped and stood up every single one, the skinniest in the room, the shortest, the tallest, the biggest. You cannot make this up. This is not about a, this is not like a curvy fat girl issue. Absolutely not. And I think that's kind of been, you know, part of the narrative with the body positive movement, body acceptance Mm -hmm. movement, we're all for, but it's body acceptance across the board. The skinniest, most prettiest girls I know that are friends of mine that actually meet the standard of beauty in our culture have a lot of health problems, acne, right? This isn't just weight. And I think that's what I love about the work you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's something I'm going to talk more about because I I avoid it because it's vulnerable for me. And then also I don't have it figured out. So I'm not going to sit here and go, I figured it out. I love my body. Bye. No. And, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Like (laughs) maybe you can coach me live. No, I'm just kidding. But I think that um, I do love the work you do. Like, and I actually would like to work with you. So now I'm saying it live on on here. (laughs) I think there's something to be said for like, like my spirit guys were literally saying to this healer, tell Lauren to just make fucking peace with food, like chocolate mm-hmm. cake and the celery. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. not just celery because now in the spiritual space, mm-hmm. we're all in the 
space of like the high vibrational eating and, you know, just, just the natural foods, but like, we don't live in a culture with just natural foods. And like, I know the higher realms are asking all of us on the Ascension path to eat more that way because our, as our cells like rapidly change in Ascension, like when you're moving from carbon to crystalline, which is a whole different topic. Yeah. You can't eat like processed food, but at the same time, guilt around food is what actually fuels us to eat more of it. Yep. So I would just love for you to, I don't know why I went there, but that's what they're telling, where they're telling me to go. And I, I feel it. And I think this ties into also like pleasure and desire because so much of, I mean, we live in a culture that's like, be the skinniest you can be, but then there's food everywhere. And like the sensual, sexual marketing of food, right? Mm, and then how it's tied yeah. to sex, pleasure and joy. But, you know, you can't really have it if you look a certain way mm. and, you know, right? So it's very complex and very matrixy. <laughs> so I would just love to hear, like where you start with that, because that, this is yeah. a hard topic for a lot of people. And the last thing I'll it's say so about nuanced. this is like people, women specifically, but men too, people stop themselves from using their gifts and anchoring into their mission because of this very issue. So it's not mm-hmm. just about wanting to look good. That's surface level. This is about like how we feel about ourselves within. Yeah. I first just want to like honor your vulnerability and showing up here and using your voice to say, you know what? I don't have this figured out. And you know what, Lo? That's what makes you, that's where your authority actually is. Because by you even saying that, other women are going to tune into this, men even, and be like, yeah, okay. We don't have to have this figured out. And in fact, Maybe we never will because like we said, we no one really knows what's going on. <laughs> we like to think we do, but it really is a journey. And body image, very near and dear to my heart. I love the story that you said around when you said we need to stop the war on our vessels. And I can just see in my mind's eye these women like standing up, you know, applauding and like you said, every shape, every shape there is, you know, body image is not stagnant. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're never going to have, we're not, how do I word this? It's not like we'll never have a negative thought about our body because we will. It's, that's just the human experience. Yeah. It's our relationship to the negative thoughts around our body and how much charge and meaning we give to it. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say how freaking powerful it is that you recognize this is, this isn't just growing up in society and having bullies in elementary school about your weight. Like this was ancestral and that it stops with you, the cycle breaker. And so many people are resonating with this, myself included, around breaking the cycle. What is that thing that your mom, your grandmother, you know, ancestors coped with or dealt with? That's right. And there's so much power and strength that can be found in that when you're able to say, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for my ancestors. I'm doing this for my daughter. I'm doing this for any woman who has never felt 
safe in her body or that it's okay to exist in her body and not just to exist, but to actually like live out loud and be seen and celebrated. That body diversity is celebrated and there's a book called The Body is Not an Apology. I love her. (laughs) I read that a long time ago. She did. Okay. Yes. Love her. Sonia Renee Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like we get to revisit this information and this literature to get inspired again, you know, or it's like, and that's what I mean. The work is ongoing and that body image isn't static. It's not linear. I like to think of life as this spiral where lessons come back in different shapes and different forms so that we can deepen our understanding of them and that it's not like an end destination. And there's so much power in acceptance. And when you brought that up, that some healers you're working with said, you know, just stop the war on your body to like reach this place of acceptance, which is easier said than done. Yes. But part of how we can begin to really feel acceptance in our body and for our body is by first acknowledging all the systems that perpetuate negative body image, that it truly is a societal construct, that it was never ours to begin with. And so it's a program. It's literally a program it's a channel. We we can change the channel, but it's that's one of those channels that a lot of us like deal with on a regular basis, especially as women being objectified and all the things. Five, five, five on the clock. I just Ooh. looked. <laughs> so let's go. And being able to notice, I call it mean girl mindset, stinking thinking, inner critic. I mean, there's many different names for it. But you kind of think of this metaphor of walking the cafeteria of your mind. And you can remember being in adolescence and trying to pick who you're going to sit with, right? Oh, yeah. And it was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And there's the mean girls table, right? We got criticism, judgment, perfectionism. There's a table in our mind, our, the cafeteria of our mind, the mean girls, right? I love that. Yes. And then we also have our soul sisters in the cafeteria of our mind. And that's compassion, kindness, acceptance, forgiveness. And sometimes it takes us sitting at the mean girls table and feeling really icky and being like, why did I sit here? Why am I subscribing to this way of thinking right now? And we know as humans, the way we learn is through pain often. And it's through (laughs) the... Yeah, it's through the pain that we learn. And so then we get up, we leave the mean girls table, we go sit with our soul sisters. And so it's a conscious choice where we get to become the observers and really notice, okay, what is this program running? The mean girl mindset, diet culture, diet mentality, fat phobia, all of these fear-based ideologies versus our soul sisters and being able to sit with them 
and walk past the mean girl table and be like, see ya, gonna sit over here with my soul sisters and get to experience that feeling. And sometimes body neutrality can be more realistic for many of us versus just jumping into body positivity where it's great to have the affirmations about, I love my body, love your body. But if it doesn't feel authentic, it's not going to land. You're not going to feel it. And like you said, the feeling is important and body neutrality is acceptance. It's the frequency of acceptance. It is what it is. And it's actually taking the focus off of the aesthetic part of the body and beginning to focus more on gratitude for what your body does for you on a regular basis. Exactly. And also I love to think of our ancestors too and the bodies and what they had to go through in order for us to be here. And if we can practice being in that space of, of equanimity, like body equanimity sounds juicier to me than body neutrality personally. Yes. I love it. Where there's a sense of peace and it, it really is a practice and there's so many different tools to help, you know, cultivate that practice and strengthen that practice, whether it's journaling, meditation, body image support groups, reading books on it, listening to podcasts. So. Well, yeah. that was so beautiful and I'm, I'm writing something down. So I remember to bring it up right now. You know, what's so powerful about what you just said is that the baseline place we have to start is body neutrality, body acceptance. And that's basically, I mean, this just came through a week ago and I've been on a lot of, I've been on this journey for years, like deep Mm. spiritual journey, deep personal development. And it's come full circle back to body accept, just acceptance in general, which is a great way to, it's like a great baseline starting point for changing anything we actually desire to change in our lives. You know, what's tricky about body stuff. And, and, you know, when, in my case, I don't have alcohol or drugs, I use food while food is, we need food. So it's trickier, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tricky place, right? But because I'm so intuitive, empathic, all the clear audience, cognizant, (laughs) sentient, Mm -hmm. buoyant online, and I've always been, but they're potent now. I use food to soothe in our culture. I feel the collective's emotions. That's what people don't understand about some intuitives. Like I can feel my life could be going great, but I'll have like a heaviness because the collective's sad. You know, it's just intense. Mm. So I numb out with sugar, mainly sweets, but food in general. And to be honest, like I've 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 lived a life that was riddled with deep loneliness because, you know, starseed life, but mainly I used food to help me feel safe here on this planet. And yet, and actually what actually makes me feel safe is my connection with God and then my soul, my partner, and then my soul family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what was coming up for me is body reverence. I mm. love this term reverence. And I think that's actually some, I mean, reverence means like you honor it. And I, I actually think that's doable more than body love is. So I'm in this mm. space where I 
like trying to have body reverence where I honor my body, which kind of is, is, is two parts acceptance and, you know, just, just, yeah, acceptance and honoring, I think are two sides of the same coin. And then maybe from there, love can be born. But I think body love is, is evolution. And I think there's different levels of it, right? That's Mm -hmm. why I love the concept of the body's not an apology because it's like that. The, the second thing I wanted to bring up with you is spaciousness. Like the level of places I go where the seats are not that comfortable for me. And I'm like, get me out of here. And I'm not even, you know, as big as some people are. And so if I'm not, if I'm like in the middle and there's people that are bigger than me, like our culture is designed for smaller people. It's just not okay. And so I'm obsessed with this notion of spaciousness and I will create those spaces that are spacious for everyone to take up space. Every event I host will have spaciousness because I think spaciousness is an energy, right? Like Mm. I don't want to have 10 meetings on my calendar every day. I don't even want to have three. You know, I want spaciousness in my life. And I think a lot of people do. And that's why a lot of people end up, even when their life is crammed with all that stuff and they have a dark night of the soul and they, they get rid of everything and start over because they're like, there's too much shit here. I want space. And I think space is energetic. It's physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. And to me, if, if we don't feel like there's enough space for our emotions, especially, which I know is a big thing thing that you teach. Emotions are synonymous with embodiment, in my opinion. And so it's like, you know, the physical body needs space. It needs space to rest. It needs space to thrive. It needs space to feel energized. It needs space to reflect. It needs space to calm the fuck down. Like it needs space to digest and move. And I think that our body is trying to house this very, this is the thing in the spiritual space that I want to anchor people to, because I know a lot of people on the spiritual path listen to you. Our soul is vast and really fucking powerful. It comes into a physical body that has limitations on purpose because the soul's like, I want to feel what it's like to not to have limitations. But then you start to <laughs> awaken and then you start to get really advanced spiritually and your soul's like, get me out of this body. Like, that's how I feel right now. My soul's like, I can do so much. I, that same healer was like, your soul is so high frequency that it gets kind of caught up in the, it, it, it tries to go too fast in the human experience. Mm. And it's slow here. It just is. The higher realms things manifest instantly. It's just slower here. It's the way the third dimension is. So like, I want everybody to remember that you are a soul in a human body temporarily. <laughs> like whether mm. you believe that or not, it's what you are. So <laughs> Just make peace with that. It's actually fucking amazing. You don't really die. This form dies. So the space I'm in, Ty, is like, I have body reverence because this body I 100% chose and wanted to experience. And then second, it's a temporary form that I get to do something with and be Mm -hmm. in is what Mm. you teach. That's what we do. It's how we be in it. Right. And, you know, I, I do believe that when a lot of women, I, this is where I want to, I feel called to go next. The guys are saying to go next here. Let's talk about sex. So of mm. course there's sex with another, but I think there's even just sex with ourselves and our relationship with our sexuality, not sensuality. Forget that word for a minute. I'm talking sexuality because we got to mm-hmm. go there. You know, the more I get in that, like deep within that. And to your point, let it un, like come to the surface. Cause it's always been there, but it's like buried. Talk about programming. So yes. the more I get in that, I swear to you, Tyler, like all the body stories, fears, pain, 
the disgust I have felt in the past about my body, it just, it's like dissolves. It's very interesting. And the thing about our sexuality. Liberation is what I hear. It is. Truly, yeah. truly. And I think body liberation can, is born from anchoring into our deep sexuality. Now, everybody's sexuality mm. shows up differently and manifest differently. And that's kind of the point. That's why I think there's this really big movement right now for, for all people, but women for sure of like self-pleasure and like developing that practice because it is a practice and it is a ritual. It's not about orgasm. You know, it's like, mm. are you, can you even like spend time even like touching your arm? You know, yeah. we're, if everybody wants this intimate, this epic love and intimacy with a partner, right? If, yeah. but we can't even do that with ourselves. And because mm -hmm. I've asked in my mission to be alone on my journey for a long time, I've had, I've had to go there because I'm not going to mm -hmm. wait for somebody to have that magical experience. So I've right. developed this deep self intimacy, right? Through pleasure, joy, and it's not just physical pleasure, you know, it's, it's all the aspects of pleasure. And now I can experience epic intimacy with, with my person, but mm -hmm. I would have never even let him see me intimately if I didn't develop that myself. And I'm, I'm still in a big body, you know? And so I had to find a way to desire myself so that he could desire me. Mm. Believe me, so. I still don't have it figured Ooh. out, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I was going to say, you're definitely getting there. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And I know for a fact too, that, you know, us humans, we like all different shapes and sizes. And I know yes. that there's men out there too, that they love, you know, right. bigger bodies. That's right. And so I think there's, that's another narrative that we get to shift where it's like, yeah. Who told us that bullshit? <laughs> like, right. exactly. yeah. Because and, we get to, like, I think women are, are, you know, there's been this like, movement over the course of our lifetime with this whole feminism thing, which is really actually not helping because it's making the divide between men and women even further than it needs should be when the divine is asking us to come all into union, mm. you know? Yeah. So you can't hate men and want union. It doesn't work that way. Your <laughs> union, of course, too, because if we hate men, then we hate our own masculine energy and then we don't feel safe in our body, which doesn't, I mean, it's a whole, that's a whole separate episode, but I just feel that what's actually happening now we're coming full circle because of the spiritual consciousness that's that's opening up recently on the planet especially since 2020 where everyone's like oh i actually want to be desired by if we're going to talk in heteronormative terms like i want to be desired by a man so i can't hate man men <laughs> like right. i actually desire to be like led by a man and you know like and yes. and trust a man to safely hold me in life and and you know mm. partnership yes. and this is a lot of women are having to they're, they're grappling with these opposing ideologies around like feminine empowerment is not synonymous with shitting on men and that's part of what my right. brand's about because mm. when men heal earth rapidly shifts rapidly mm -hmm. and so like but men don't feel safe to heal because they think that they're terrible. <laughs> so, mm. you know, and done, a lot of men in history have done terrible shit. Let's not get it twisted. Okay. Right. We're also here to break the cycle. And the thing about men right now, specifically on the planet is they're carrying the boulder 
the heavy boulder on their shoulders of previous generations of men. And they're all here mm. to break the cycle. So that's a really hard, right. and like, we need each other to do these things, right? And so yes. we need men to show us and mirror back to us our beauty and that it's safe to be in our sexuality versus trying to do it also all on our own because it's easy to do it everything on your own, but it's actually mm -hmm. deeply lonely and, and painful, you know? Yeah. So now my next level is to let him in fully. Mm. You heard that. <laughs> Down with the depth. Lo is calling her king and she's ready to receive. Let's go. I'm yep. so here for it. I can yep. feel it mm -hmm. in every cell of my body. I already know that him, by the way. Juicy. He's a magical, he's a magical human. <laughs> and he oh. and I haven't talked in a very long time, but it's it's about to come. We're about to reunite. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Reunited in peace. Oh, that's what I <laughs> I hope he listens to this. <laughs> Calling it in. He already yep. has. Mm. Well, I have absolutely loved this conversation with you, Lo, where we, we touched on, you know, starting with that scorpionic energy sort of woven throughout mm. the, the scene here, diving into desire, but then also getting really vulnerable about some of our shadows and these things that we came here to transmute and heal and be the cycle breaker, albeit substance misuse, body image, sexuality. Mm. And quite honestly, that's what Scorpio came here to do too, is talk about all that's the right. taboo topics and be like, this is what's up. That's uh, right. And I'm so grateful for the wisdom and the medicine that you bring to the world through your embodiment that you are embodied you know, and you are living your life according by design, how you were designed to be in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And we truly are just walking each other home and figuring this, this thing called life out as we go. And if you're in the San Diego area, Lo is having a rebirth party mm -hmm. on May 18th. It's going to be absolutely epic next level. I just RSVP'd. It's absolutely free. Like what? <laughs> They're in this dope space. They've got elevated elevation eating, doing the yeah. catering. Talk about, you know, high frequency, high vibration food. Let's go. Yeah. And I am so excited to just be a part of a gathering where I know a bunch of epic human beings are going to come together to celebrate you and your rebirth. And through that, it's a permission slip for us to celebrate our rebirth, you know? That's right. Oh, thank you for sharing that and, and plugging that, babe. I really appreciate it. And it absolutely means the world to me that you will be there because you are an extremely powerful energy and soul. And I'm so grateful that we are a vibrational match to be, to know each other in this life, because that's, that's a testament to our growth, you know, and I can remember, I just want to share a quick story. Well, a couple actually quick stories about you and, and being in your presence and energy, you know, obviously you, you, you came to one of my events or I think a couple and, you know, you just have this, I mean, you're a teacher above and above and beyond, but you really have such a way of 
creating safe spaces for people, which is actually very difficult to do in holding space. And now you're holding brave, like creating these spaces for people to be brave. And I, I love that you're using the word brave because we all need to be braver, you know, but I witnessed you speak at an event where you opened up the conversation around body, if you remember, and there was a girl there who started bawling and it was beautiful to watch. First of all, you hold space for her emotions while still continuing on with your, your keynote conversation, you know, talk. And also it was so potent for, you know, the 35, 40 women witnessing that. And she just couldn't control it. She was not putting on a show. And to this day, my heart, I just feel so deeply her pain. I know that pain well, mm -hmm. and just shows that like this pain we harbor in our body about our body, it's time for us to heal it. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to honor mm -hmm. you for the work you're doing to help women and, and pe all people heal the relationship with their body. Because mm -hmm. when we do that, the planet also heals. So thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you, my love. Yes. And I can't wait to party with you at our rebirth. <laughs> Let's go, let's go.